You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hey everyone, I hope you're managing to find your way through the 14th week of lockdown or 14 weeks of working from home, whichever is taking up your day. This week's podcast is a continuation from last week's subject of constructive dismissal. Now, last week, you remember, we looked at several examples of behaviours by employers which were examples of behaviours used to upset workers, so workers would walk off the job and, in effect, sack themselves. In the episode, I started with the definition of constructive dismissal, which is what happens when employers make changes to your working conditions or aspects of your job description, or even trying to goad you into behaving in a certain way to try to get you to resign from your job. I also discussed that constructive dismissal is not the same as unfair dismissal. Unfair dismissal is when your employer dismisses you from your job without a fair reason. Constructive dismissal is when your employer is doing things to you at work to make you resign from your job. In the episode, I noted that even though both constructive dismissal and unfair dismissal both involve you losing your job, employment law and case law deals with both these acts in a different way. And I'll go on to talk a little bit about that throughout the podcast. So we established that if the treatment you are receiving is such that it makes you walk out of your job as if you have sacked yourself or as if you have resigned from your job, then after leaving your job, you could claim constructive dismissal at an employment tribunal, arguing that your employer's treatment of you was so bad that you felt you had no choice but to walk out of your job. Now, whilst your employer might be happy that you've left your job, I mean, after all, this might have been one of the intended results that the employer might have wanted. But after you've walked out of your job, the matter doesn't end there. You have to expect that if you decide to take your case to an employment tribunal, your employer will be entitled to put in a defence against your allegation of constructive dismissal. And when this happens, your employer will try to explain the circumstances that led to you walking out, as if it were your fault, and will attempt to put the blame squarely on your shoulders for having left your job. Now, the key here, if you remember, is that in order to claim constructive dismissal, you have to have left your job following something that happened at work, which you considered to be the final straw. But what I want you to note here is that a final straw incident can happen in a rush and it's expected that you will have taken an instant decision to walk away from your job 
even mouthing the words as you go through the door that you've had enough and that you're not coming back. And therefore, in final straw incidents, it's generally accepted by the tribunal that things will likely have happened very quickly and the decision to leave your job will likely have been made when you were angry, upset or not thinking straight or even perhaps you not thinking clearly about the enormity of the impact of the decision you were taking to walk out of your job. And it's precisely because in dealing with final straw incidents that employment tribunal case law, which is different from legal acts of law, but case law will expect that employers will take note of the circumstances under which you left your job. And in defence of letting you walk away from your job, an employment tribunal will expect employers to address what case law refers to as the heat of the moment actions. So what do I mean by this? Well, when dealing with constructive dismissal cases, it isn't enough for your employer to come to a tribunal and say that you got angry and you walked out of your job. And therefore, it was you who broke the spirit in terms of your contract of employment and left your job. And that should be the end of the matter. You left and therefore your employer does not have to let you come back to work. And the tribunal should dismiss your case and throw it out. Now, whilst the employer might think this is a true reflection of what happened, this will not pass as a defence at a tribunal because it does not address the case law requirement that before ending the employer-worker relationship, the employer must consider that you might have resigned in the heat of the moment. And it certainly won't pass case law requirements If you can demonstrate to a tribunal that after you walked out of your job, you contacted your employer to try and calm things down, to try and talk about the situation, maybe to offer an apology and to then attempt to come back to work. But your employer refused to speak with you and refused to consider anything other than you having walked out of your job or you having left the company and therefore you no longer working for the company. These kinds of actions will not pass case law requirements as a defence alone. An employment tribunal in considering heat of the moment actions expects the employer to allow a cooling off period, at least to the end of the business day when the fallout happened. And that cooling off period is to allow time for you, the worker and the employer to reflect on what happened and to give space for you to take back your words and come back to work. A tribunal will expect your employer to understand that if you act or say words in anger or under stress, then it's not a good idea to see those words as definite, final or unequivocal. Instead, the expectation is that your employer should leave time for things to calm down 
and leave space for you to come back, take back your words about leaving and then come back to work. The expectation is that there will be an understanding on both sides that maybe you or the employer or both of you were not yourselves and may have said things in the heat of the moment, may have said things that were not meant and therefore the cooling off period allows time for heads to reflect and for both of you to come back and talk about things. Now, it may be that your employer would want to meet with you before you return to work just to clear up the misunderstanding and to perhaps even restate expectations about the working relationship. And if there were any outstanding conduct matters that need to be followed up, the employer would likely set out how this was going to happen. Now you've returned to work. So everyone is clear. But overall, the expectation is that you should be allowed to return to your job if what we are talking about are heat of the moment arguments or upsets that cause you to walk out of the office or the company. And that is different from acts of misconduct. And if you want to know what your acts of misconduct are, then you need to be looking in the employer's disciplinary procedure. Because in that disciplinary procedures, it will list certain acts which the employer would class as misconduct acts. So that might be things like stealing. That might be things like bringing the organisation into disrepute. That might be things like fighting at work. Performance issues are also issues which could see you disciplined at work. So what I'm trying to say here is that an act that would get you disciplined at work in accordance with your company's disciplinary and grievance procedures is not the same as a heat of the moment exchange that causes you to walk away from your job. We're not talking about the former, we're talking about the latter. Now, whilst the expectations about what your boss should do are clear, similarly, there are also expectations on you as well in these heat of the moment situations. What do I mean by this? Well, if your employer believes you have done something wrong at work and shouts at you, telling you to get out or uses words like you're finished here. And you take that to mean that you've been fired from your job and there is no longer a job for you in the company. But then later in the day or the following day, your employer calls you up and tries to take back words that were said to you clearly indicating that the words were said in the heat of the moment and were not meant or the direction you were given to get out was not meant and the expectation is that you should come back to work, then a tribunal would expect you to listen to that. Now, of course, if a manager has said something to you to hurt your feelings, causing you to walk off the job, It would not be wrong of you to expect a discussion to take place between you and your manager about what happened, how you were spoken to and how you would have preferred matters to be dealt with before you agree to go back to work. 
But having said that, the expectation is that if an olive branch or an indication of contrition, the I'm really sorry words are said, which clearly indicate that your boss or the person who hurt your feelings is sorry or wants to put the matter behind them, then the tribunal's expectation is that you should also take steps to repair the relationship and return to work. And it therefore follows that if you don't do this and you later try to bring a case of constructive dismissal to an employment tribunal, your employer would be entitled to use the attempts to get you back to work as a legitimate defence against your claim of constructive dismissal. Also, a tribunal might take the view that a dismissal did not take place because your employer would be able to clearly demonstrate that your job was still there when the employer contacted you with that olive branch. And your employer would also be able to show that attempts were made to repair the relationship between you and the company and to get you back to work. And finally, the employer would be able to demonstrate that you chose not to return. Now, it's important to note that this position could not be argued by your employer if the reason you left and chose not to return to your job was because the employer's behaviour was an act of discrimination against you. And following that act, you then decided that you no longer wished to return to a working relationship where you face discrimination as someone who belongs to a protected characteristic group. A breakdown in the working relationship due to acts of discrimination are different to common constructive dismissal cases and are addressed mainly under the Equality Act. So the point is that when we're dealing with final straw incidents, there are responsibilities on the employer if it is the employer's words that have led you to walk out. But there are also responsibilities on you, the worker, if it is your words or your behaviour that cause the employer to tell you to get out. But both of these situations focus on a heat of the moment incident which caused you to walk out and believe that there was no job in the company for you. The expectation is that if the employer offers you an olive branch, a tribunal would expect you to take that branch and get yourself back to work to avoid the dismissal. And vice versa, that if you are the person who has caused the employer to get angry and ask you to leave, and then you come back offering an olive branch, that the employer should take that branch. And that's it for this week. I hope that information is clear and I hope it's short enough for you to get the gist of the two positions that I'm putting forward about constructive dismissal. We encourage you to keep sharing the podcast details so we reach a wider audience of people who may be struggling with their employment rights. 
We also encourage you to keep sending us your questions and comments and to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Every review is valued and important to us because it helps to push the podcast up in terms of visibility so more people will see us and link to us to get the information they need. For now, we'll be back next week where we'll be talking about everything employment rights and the job. Bye for now.